Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Community Connections Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Warner, and I have two uh, wonderful guests on with me today. Chelsea Sears, who is the volunteer manager here at Hospice of Davidson County, and Jennifer Everhart, who is the chief clinical officer for Hospice of Davidson County. You might be wondering why we have these two particular guests on here, but I think they both have unique perspectives on the work of the main topic of today, which is celebrating our certified nursing assistants. So this is coming out on the tail end of nursing assistance week and keeping with our every other Thursday, you know, push out download for episodes. We, we thought we'd launch this um, here at the tail end of that week. And so thank you, Chelsea and Jennifer for both coming on. Yeah. Thank you. We did a, uh, and this is maybe a little behind the curtain, peel back the curtain real quick, but we did a, a sort of a, an appreciation acknowledgement event last at the end of last week for our certified nursing assistants. And the theme was, I'm still standing. And if you listen to our Nurses Week episode earlier this year, we talked a lot about what they went through and what they've been going through over the last year or so and, and how vital they've been to the community. Certified nursing assistants everywhere, but especially at Hospice Davidson County, have always pushed through adversity no matter what they're dealing with because they're getting our patients and families at their most vulnerable time. And so Jen, Chelsea, and I are going to talk today about what that is and, and what they mean to our organization and what they mean to our community. So Chelsea, I'll start with you. When I talk about, you know, when we talk about doing an episode for our nursing assistants, what is one of the first things that comes up for you if we're going to talk about acknowledging the work that they put in every day? I think that's a great question because the main thing that we wanted to during appreciation is truly do that, show our appreciation. And it's and it's in a sense where it's a celebrated week this week specifically nationally. But I think that when we got together as a group, which we haven't been able to do, and we were able to look in every one of their faces, their eyes, make eye contact to say, you know, we're out here because we really do appreciate all that you guys are doing. And, and I think that the way we, with the theme being, I'm still standing, it was kind of like, well, we're still standing with you as well like, you know, to kind of reunite and do that. I think that all CNAs, they do, they do a hard job. And so when we take the time out to say this specific, you know, hour, hour and a half time is dedicated to you guys, you know, we want, you know, we had speakers and, and I think that taking the time out of all of our busy schedules to say, you guys are important. That that's what I think about when I think about CNA appreciation, that they are important and there's, we're still standing and that the time that we want to devote to them is important too. So. Jennifer, you have a unique perspective because you hear a lot of what patients and families um, report back, right, to, you know, being in clinical leadership with the organization. I know just from, from being in on that kind of stuff that, that the positives always talk about our nursing assistants. What can you explain? Uh, you know, and, and I, I'm sure that it's because they're out there the most. They treat them so well, and they do so much for those families. But but what is that like it, it being a leader here at Hospice of Davidson County and, and getting to be on the receiving end of all those stories regarding our nursing assistants? Yeah, well, it definitely um, makes me very proud to be part of such an awesome group 
an organization and work right alongside these CNAs. Um, I've had the opportunity to work in the field with them at the bedside um, earlier in my career here at Hospice of Davidson County. And, and I had learned from every CNA that I went out with, and I was so impressed with their work. And it truly is one of those things that you almost have to either see it yourself or you have to be the recipient of their care to truly understand just how, how incredible it is and what a difference they make in the lives of these people. You know, I hear on the daily how much they appreciate their CNA. They, they, the families call them by name. You know, how mama smiles and lights up on the days that the CNAs come to see them. How good mama smells, right? Um, how clean her bed was when she got home. I mean, those things make a huge difference in the lives of the caregivers. And those are the things that they remember about the end of life experience. Our CNAs get to be with our patients and families, not only at end of life, but in a really intimate way. I mean, they're providing personal care. I mean, they're bathing you, they're turning and repositioning you, they're, they're, you know, they're doing things that even the people that care about you most have a difficult time doing, but, and they do it. And that's an important part of the process is taking care of somebody's personal care and making them feel confident and secure and not embarrassed that somebody else is having to do that for them because I can't do it for myself anymore. They have this, they have this unique skill for putting people at ease and, and, and they look forward to their visits. I, I've told this story before and I will always tell it, but it is what I hear from everybody, but a personal experience. My grandmother had, uh, was with hospice under hospice at Davidson County Care and she had every discipline involved. She had a volunteer, she had the social worker, the chaplain, everybody, and CNA services. And her CNA, CNA was her favorite staff member. She told us that all the time. And to this day, we still talk about that if we bring up the hospice experience that she had, was how it, her CNA was her favorite person. So they, my family will ask me how that CNA is doing because she still works here. And also, it was the CNA that is the one that called us up and said, I noticed a change in your grandmother today. And the nurse went out to assess her. It was a change. And that very day, she transferred to the hospice house and she passed away five days later. But they, they provide an awesome service and our families are incredibly grateful for them. You know, one of the things that I think we like to talk about when we talk about hospice services is some of that dignity because it's so difficult in that moment. You're so you're entering people's homes at the most vulnerable times. Right. And it can really feel something that, that you don't, it's hard to let other people in. It's hard to let hospice. It's hard to let anyone in to that environment. Right. Cause it, it's hard enough for us to deal with it, let alone allowing a, a, a healthcare provider in and the families that, that do allow our nursing assistants in absolutely feel that blessing and they, and they talk about it um, regularly. I want to, I don't want to focus on it because I think we talked a little bit about it last year in our nursing assistance week episode. And we'll keep doing these every year because we want to highlight them. I'm still standing 
our, our CNAs were out in the homes during all the restrictions and, you know, visit, you know, there was no restrictions on, on our CNAs, right. And the nursing assistants and how much they did and, and being in with patients yet they faced a, a PPE shortage. They faced the unknown of, I mean, before we had vaccinations of not under, maybe someone having coronavirus or, and possibly catching it and things. And yet they went into the homes every day and provided that service. So I'll just give, you know, before we move on and, and, and push this behind us, I, I do want to hear from both Chelsea and, and Jennifer about just what that looks like for them, you know, understanding what they've gone through over the last, you know, year. Yeah, they really have gone through a lot and they've done a really good job at trying to be flexible, trying to work in different ways. We have been uh, lucky enough to have the PPE they need. So, you know, they have the masking, the gloves, the, the everything. They've been great about, you know, we call ahead to say we're on our way. And before we come, you know, I just want to know, does anybody have COVID or have symptoms of, of COVID or have had a known exposure? That's one. That's another way we help that we help ourselves not to go into a home not knowing but we're still going to take care of these patients regardless of their diagnoses. And, but we're just going to do it in a safe way. And so that's the main thing is to keep the staff safe and keep the most vulnerable patients that we serve our hospice patients, right? We have to keep them safe. We don't want to take anything to them and we don't want to take anything from their house to somebody else's house. And I, our, our CNAs have done a great job at just doing what they can to keep everybody safe. Yeah, I agree. And, and as far as the experience that's at the Hinkle House, I'm, I'm not all that experienced as far as how the home care aspect of it was ran. But with the CNAs at the Hinkle House, both daytime and both evening, um, to know that you're going to have to put all this gear on and go into a patient's room with family, sometimes without family, you know, depending on where we are with our restrictions on visitation and things, but to go in there and still try to give the best care despite, oh yeah, this mask, yeah, it's kind of hard to breathe. And yes, I have all this extra gown on me and, but still giving the care that they gave. And I saw it with my own eyes. It was like, there was maybe nothing there. They still, cause it's, it's a lot different to, go into a patient's room and they can't hear you and they can't, you know, see, maybe they don't have such good vision and, and, you know, and you're trying to talk and still be there and, and, and compassionate with all this excess on you. And it was honestly mind blowing because even despite all of those different, you know, struggles, the care did not decrease. There was not a sense of, oh, I'm not going in there this time because I don't want to gown up and I don't want to do all this and they probably just need water. It was just, let's get in, let's go. You know, and I and the CNAs here, and like I said, I mean, at the home, it was the same thing. I just, speaking from my own experience, I don't think there was a time where it was even a thought like, oh, people are sick and maybe I don't want to be sick, so maybe I'm going to quit. Like there wasn't like this big outbreak of, CNAs were leaving left and right. And that means something that says a lot about, yeah, you are still standing because I mean, a lot of places lost a lot of people just in general. And so I think that means a lot that our hospice CNAs were 
still saying, I'm showing up, I'm taking care. And it's not going to be lack of care. It's not going to be a less compassionate care. It's going to be the same as every other day. So I think, you know, that's something to speak on. So we've talked about some of the experiences that patients and families have. For those out there that are listening that that maybe don't fully understand what nursing assistants do in a hospice organization, I'll speak and and then ask Jennifer and and Chelsea to go a little bit more in depth. We have an inpatient unit for our particular organization that has nursing assistants around the clock, 24-7. And then we have home care who are on a care team of nursing assistants. And that can be at a different interval. And there's all sorts of things that go into that. The thing that I want to express and we'll talk more about is that that it's individualized to the to the needs of the patient that's being served and the family and, and their comfortability and, and sort of what that looks like. Chelsea, I'll ask you about over at the inpatient since you were discussing that first. Your experience around the clock 24-7, what does some of those services look like in the inpatient unit for, uh, that are provided by nursing assistants? Well, from the very beginning, when they are brought into the Hinkle House, you know, they're the first person that say, okay, we need we need help getting the um, patient off of the gurney or, or out of the wheelchair and things like that. So it's that first initial contact. They're the first people that they see when they get there, when they get to their room. Um, then it's, okay, let's, are you setting up? Are, are we making sure that you have oxygen set up? Are we, are you thirsty? Um, are you comfortable? Do we need to reposition you? Do we need to, um, we do need to do all your vitals. So that's the first thing too. Um, and so it's, it's like, that's the first either, oh, sigh, I'm, I'm in a good place. I know I'm going to be taken care of kind of feeling for those patients that are coming in. And it's an immediate bond because, you know, they're right there being very attentive, very attentive. So that's, you know, the first kind of service that you get. And then, of course, like you said, it's around the clock care. So that's including all meals. That's including um, snacks. That's including, I mean, if you just want some tea from our cafe, that they're on that um, end of service where there's no maybe later or not right now, I don't have time, which you can run into other places. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Um, and so that immediacy to those needs, another service. As you were speaking about, Jen, you know, it's, it's maybe the more difficult end being that we're coming in to really take care of the needs that you can no, can no longer do, private needs, things that, you know, you don't think about how uncomfortable it makes some people, but the seniors will, they'll take their time. There is no sense of, oh, this is embarrassing for you. And we get it. It's more like we're here with you and we want to help you type of attitude. So even in a vulnerable state, you know, with bathing and hair washing and changing of, you know, different briefs and things like that, like, that's another service. There's no shame in it. There's no, oh, I'm embarrassed because I'm making them feel awkward. There's, it's not that there. Um, and then you have the the above and beyond care that gets, that says, yes, we're here 24 hours. That means we're interacting with you guys for 12 hours at a time, each each shift, 12 hours at a time. That's a lot of space to get to know somebody. That's a lot of, of opportunities to ask them about if they're if they're verbal or not. Ask them about their life, and and so it's a comforting experience, which you know we like to say, find comfort here, and it really it really stands by that motto. And and then finally, the the thought of, 
I'm here alone. My family maybe needed a break, right? And they get a little chance to say, I, I needed a break too. That happens also. And I needed maybe to see a different face that wasn't my family that I could be a little bit more real with. So having that genuine, continuous care, that's another service that they get too in that in the inpatient unit. Um, so, yeah. And, and Chelsea, we'll talk, uh, you know, a little bit about in a second, the connection. That's a piece that we haven't even touched yet that, that maybe is outside the job description, quote unquote, air quotes, since you can't see outside the job description of our nursing assistants, but it's very much a part of their job. Jennifer, if you can speak a little bit to, and I understand that it varies and it depends on the patient's needs, but speak to the time spent by nursing assistants in the home or the facility um, of, of patients that that reside there, there in the home or, or in their own home or in a, in a loved one's home or in a facility. It's, it's very similar to what Chelsea was just describing in the home. What What is sometimes a little different in for the home care and as you mentioned, it's individualized. So we provide the need that that particular patient and caregiver, whatever their needs are, that's what we provide. So for some, it is personal care from head to toe. And for some, it's just, you know, we're just going to help the caregiver transfer them from the bed to the chair and just get them settled and we leave. So we might be there 15 minutes. We might be there for an hour and a half. You know, we go into the homes and we go into the nursing facilities as well. We serve the long-term care facilities in Davidson County. Um, so, of course, we're a huge help to nursing facilities, but also to the patients and to the families that aren't there with the patients. The CNAs serve as an additional pair of eyes and hands and, and extra care um, that they're not only receiving from the nursing facility, but now they're receiving from us. When we're in the home, the CNAs are excellent teachers to the caregivers. So the, all the personal care that we provide, I mean, that's not easy. Personal care typically on somebody that's in the bed is not easy to do alone. And while they're there, they involve the family to help them with what they're doing so that the family knows what to do when we're not there. And that's really awesome, too, I think, is is how they teach others so that they, you know, they teach them their little techniques and tricks that that keep it from being so hard on your back. Right. You know, things like that, turning sheets and bed alarms. And they're the ones that will make those suggestions so that it helps. So the caregiver can be in another room and by having a bed alarm, they can hear when somebody gets up instead of having just to sit there the whole time and they can't even do anything in the rest of their house. Those are real things. Caregiving is so difficult. You know, maybe it's it's a spouse that always was shaved every day and had to dress a certain way every day. I remember a particular patient that had to be dressed a certain way and his shirt had to be tucked in and he had a belt on. His wife could not do that by himself. He was a banker. And she said, that's how he was every day. And by golly, those CNAs made sure that's how he was every day in the bed on the days that they came. You know, his hair was washed. He was shaved and he had on his clothes tucked in with a belt. And so that gave the family some normalcy. Right. So that when they looked at him, they still saw the man that they had always known. And, and I think that's important. Those types of things. We had a patient just the other day. The family said, I came in and mama's fingernails were painted 
and she was smiling from ear to ear. Well, the CNA that had come that day had painted her fingernails. And that made the family so happy because they said, you know, mama always went and got her nails done. But since she's been sick, they haven't done them. Right. I mean, because there's so many other things to do. You're not getting to the nails. And but the CNA was able to provide just that little extra touch and care that meant the world to the family. Uh, We had a family next door. When Chelsea was talking, it made me think about how the CNAs, when I watched them do their work effortlessly, um, they take care of those caregivers as well. You know, the loved ones that come and fall asleep at the bedside and they sleep all night in a chair. Right. And, and recently um, I think Josh had shared this story with us as a group, the director at the Hinkle house but one of the caregivers was asleep in the recliner and she said she woke to a warm blanket laying over her shoulders. And, and she said that was just this incredible feeling. And I'm not sure that any of us realize, but certainly not our CNAs. And I hope they hear us say this in this podcast, just what a difference they make in the lives of these people, you know, um, that they really are giving them gifts during such a difficult time. And I know when we say gifts, we feel like, oh, Christmas, and I'm so happy about what that is. But they're really having a difficult time. It is challenging. It is difficult. And for some people, it's really dark. And those acts of kindness just brings in light into their life. And that they didn't know they could experience during this time, right? And they keep that with them and they will talk about it forever. And they will want that same CNA. They will tell their neighbors, they'll tell their church friends, you know, about how awesome they were. And I'm just, you know, just really proud of our CNAs. And they do this for every single person they come in contact with in whatever setting. I uh, can't think of a better way to wrap up the episode than, than to, you know, listening about the, it's, I would call it intangible. It's not intangible because uh, it's what they do every day. Every day. It it feels like it's unusual, right. But, but for them, it's not. And so if, you know, for, for our nursing assistants listening or for nursing assistants that, that work in the community listening, we have the deepest uh, appreciation for the work that you all do. Something you said, Jen, that I identified with was their willingness to teach. We've had uh, nursing assistants on the podcast before sharing their expertise with the community. They do it every day. It's so comforting. You hear so many families and, and just being a grief counselor, working with families after their loved one has, has passed, you hear the things that they were taught that just made the families feel more comfortable. There, you can't put a price on that, right? You, you just can't put a, a, a quantity on on how important that is to our families and to families in the community. And so for that, you know, and that, I, you know, that's above and beyond every day. And so I think that's the theme. If, if I had to go back and start over with a theme for this episode, it would be to highlight those things because that is what makes an impact on their patients and those families every single day. Jennifer, Chelsea, We'll wrap up because we've spent a good amount of time talking about our nursing assistants here. So I'll just give you just a little, just give me a, a one sentence 
I'll put you on the spot. A, a one sentence of of your appreciation for the nursing assistants that that serve our community from hospice to Davidson County. Okay, one sentence for me is <laughs> what you do may not seem huge, but people really truly need you. People need you. Patients need you. Families need you. Facilities need you. You're needed. They are needed and appreciated. And we here at Hospice of Davidson County are incredibly grateful that you choose to work for us and serve our community. We do want to hear from from our community as well about uh, the work of not only our CNAs, but nursing, uh, all the other disciplines that, that we have here. On our website, hospiceofdavidson.org, there is a Hospice Heroes tab that you can go and share your story. We have social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram. You can reach out and share those stories of connection with us because we love to hear about it as as sort of ancillary figures around uh, our patients and and their families. But we we know that that the nursing assistants love to hear when they've made an impact because – you know, that's, that's, that's why they do it, right? Is they're here to make an impact, a positive impact in the lives of their patients and families. And so we want to make sure that, that they know about that. Still find all these episodes every other week. And we're highlighting some different organizations. We're going to get back to some hospice topics here. So if you've been missing your hospice education, uh, I promise we're getting back to that. And you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts or hospiceofdavidson.org backslash community connections. <laughs>